When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, the Knapsack Files has moved and we are in our new studios, kind of getting settled in. And uh, that is why I haven't had interviews on the show for a while. If you've been following along, you know why. I have been uh, in the process of moving from Studio City, sexy, steamy Studio City, to beautiful Burbank. The move is complete. I am in the house, still working on some of the issues, but I finally can open up the studio uh, thanks to the fine folks at uh Road microphones who are making this show sound so crisp today. I got some uh, brand new gear, love it, and the studio is back open and full. And I cannot, cannot uh, think of a better guest to uh, bring in for this new stuff uh, than someone who has been on the Napsuck Files. A couple times before, and even we had a show here on for a while that we tried that that should have worked in a different universe, but schedules made it very difficult. It is the wonderful, talented, insightful Alicia Malone. Hello, I love hearing your podcast voice. <laughs> Everyone loves. Sounds the good. Voice. Sounds so good, and it sounds crisp and clear. And Alicia, <laughs> uh, it's it's so good to have you back. And it's LA, so we get to know get to reca- catch up on podcasts. Yes, that's very LA yeah, thing today. Very, very LA thing, but. For a good reason. Uh, you have a book that is actually uh, out this week mm-hmm. that you have been slaving over for a long <laughs> time. You've been working so damn hard. Yes. Called Backward In and Heels. Yes. Tell me about the book up top and then we'll get into the process and how this came about and the big, big life decisions you made to really concentrate on something like this. Yeah, I can't believe that it's out this week. I mean, it feels really surreal. I kind of feel like I I want to hide. At the same time, I want to scream <laughs> from the rooftops. It's kind of a weird feeling, but it's called Backwards and in Heels, and it's about the past, present, future for women working in film. And I wanted to look at the history of women in mm-hmm. Hollywood, but I didn't want to just tell it in a straight chronological way. So it right. is set chronologically, but what it does is for every era, I first do a overview chapter of what was just happening in the film world during that time, what was happening in America with women, and then I pick four or five stories to illustrate that era, that decade. Wow. And then as you get into the present day, I've done a bunch of interviews with great people like Gina Davis and J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams and Ava DuVernay and Octavia Spencer, America Ferreira, as well as cinematographers, editors, producers, right. executives, trying to look at all sides for women in Hollywood. Now, without a doubt, uh, women in film and those kind of uh, issues and, and, and the history of it was something very close to you that's never been a secret, never been something. <laughs> but you decided to make this 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 is not something you wanted to keep close to your heart anymore. You wanted to broadcast aloud to the world and put your heart into this book. Yeah. Yes, I did. And, and it's still strange to me that I've sort of started to speak out about these mm-hmm. issues and become kind of a a speaker on this because, I mean, I was so shy growing up and mm-hmm. I I didn't really imagine this is what I would do. 
I kind of never even thought of myself as a feminist right? Uh, because I just thought, oh, it's what everyone believes, right? Equality. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. It wasn't until I started working in the field and I started to get pushback from people when I speak about women in film that I thought, hang on a second, this is something that needs to be talked about. Right. And then all those comments on YouTube just fueled my fire. And wow, now I was you, like, you know what? I'm going to stand up and talk about this. Are you saying YouTube normal. is rife with <laughs> bad people and bad thoughts? Yeah. Yes, yes, very vocal minority. Yeah. And it really shocked me the first time it happened. It was on AMC Movie Talk. Right. And I think I said something as simple as like, yay, female Ghostbusters. Like way back right, when right, it was right. just sort of an inkling of an idea. And the, the amount of comments I got just being outraged that I would possibly support something that was an all-female right. production. And, you know, that project in particular was rife with sure. a lot of feelings. But, um, yeah, I was so surprised by it that I kind of, I got depressed for a little while yeah. and then, and I thought maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Then I thought, no, nah, screw that. I'm going to talk yeah. about it even more. So then it just became kind of my thing. Yeah, no, well, and, and, and a good thing for sure, but it's, it's also, again, it's one thing, look, it's one thing to tweet it. Yeah, you're putting you're putting your life into this right now. You're putting yeah. your life work, everything about it. I know uh, this isn't this is uh, this is a comprehensive history. This is uh, this is probably challenges ideas, and it's also but it's also positive in the sense of you're trying to build up a next generation behind you too. Exactly, uh, breaking down walls means other people are coming in. So so this is this is uh, this is important. Yeah, but, but important doesn't mean it's not. It doesn't make it easy. Yeah, and doesn't mean it's not a, a tough decision. Yeah. So you you talk about being shy, and you've done TED Talks since we last had. Yeah, that's how did that right. come about? Well, that came about because I started speaking out on right. all these shows, and so then it became a thing of like, oh, that's that's Alicia, and that's what she does. And so sure. I got approached by a small TEDx company, like a small TEDx event that was mm-hmm. happening just off Seattle in San Juan Islands. And uh, they said to me, you know, you, you speak out for women and, and on Twitter as well, not just on YouTube, but all over. Would you ever consider doing a TEDx talk about this issue? You know, I think you would have something interesting to say. Mm-hmm. And I had always had it like on a bucket list kind of thing of like one day do a TED talk. Really? But That's yeah. very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like one day, but I had no idea what it was be about right yeah this is like i found the list the other day and i wrote a hundred things that it was like a hundred dream list or something that i'd i'd bought from someplace in australia and you had to fill out your hundred things and one of them was do a tedx talk one of them was also write a book and so and that was way higher on my list that was something i've always wanted to do so yeah i got approached to do that tedx talk and and it was again one of these things that happens a lot with me where i go oh i don't i'm not good enough i got nothing to Mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. i don't think i could do this and then, no, I'm going to do it and then fake it till I make it and then figure it out as I go along. So it got, it got included in, in that TEDx event and that was a whole process too, mm-hmm. learning how to write a TED Talk. Uh, there's very specific things that you need to hit when you're doing a TED Talk, mainly the idea worth sharing. So like okay. what is that idea? What do you bring to that idea that no one else does? And what is the takeaway? And that was the hard thing for me. What can the audience do when they're watching this yeah. TEDx talk? What can they walk away with? 
uh, actionable item that they can do themselves to help fix this problem. That's fascinating. I want to dig into that a little bit because it seems like, sure, make speech. Yeah. But the fact that it would make sense, TED, TED Talk is a brand, so they're going to want to have uh, a way to do it. And you, I'm sure you watched and researched. But yeah. how, how, do, how long did it take you to get your first idea out? Because, again, it's, it's easy to be like, hey, here's what I believe, but how do I, how do I actually communicate that? Uh, it took months. and, and it months? took Yeah, it took months. And you work with a TEDx coach. So when you get accepted oh, wow. into this, they assign speaker coaches. And they're from the local area and they might not necessarily be public speaking experts, but they've been trained in what you have to do to create a good TEDx talk. And they're also a sounding board for you to go back and forth with your idea. Okay. So months of like drafts and figuring things out and and there was a while there which I thought I can't, like this is not working and I'm not mm. going to be able to do this and this happens every time with me. Right, right, right. And I'm like, oh, now I'm not getting there. I'm almost there but not quite and what am I trying to say? Right. There's a lot of talking with friends and a lot of sending like audio messages to people. What do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And then one day sort of getting the ding. Oh, yes, I know how to bring it all together. And um, figuring it all out last minute and then learning it and then going on stage. Do you have to memorize it or they get You have to memorize it. Get out of here. Yeah, you have to memorize it. There's no teleprompter and you get a a allotted amount of time based on your draft. So you can do 10 minutes to 30 minutes and I wanted to hit around 13, 14 minutes. And then you go there and you do your uh, rehearsal, uh, you know, in in the big red dots that they all have and the... The letters behind you. Did you get like a? And then the next day you do it. Like a microphone, little headset, like yeah, a Miley little, Cyrus headset. Uh-huh. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you get that little thing. And then uh-huh. the funny thing was, I realized when I did it, and I've done two now, and I do the same thing every time, is I'm so used to presenting to a camera yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I just stay in the one spot. And I, I, I remember to look at the audience, but I'm just, just stuck in this one position. You don't have that TED Talk stroll down yet. Yeah, I've seen those because you got to stroll and stay in the red dot. So it's a very specific thing. And you also have a clicker to do slides right. at the same time. Did you get a slide? You get some slides? Yeah, I made, you have to make your own slides. So I made my yeah. own slides. And the first time I did it, it didn't occur to me that slides are probably the good way mm-hmm. of like uh, making you remember what you're going to say next. Yeah, okay. That would be a smart way to use slides, you know, <laughs> where you click on the slide and then that prompts you to your next point. But instead I, I made slides that... I had to remember to click them forward and they, you know, but it, wor- it worked out in the end. I've got a really good short term memory. So it worked out. And, but, but, but to get to that point, like I, this might be, you know, you've been open with some of the stuff uh, on, on past podcasts, even on the Napsack files and just some stuff that, you, you know, it would be easy to look at you, this uh, vivacious Australian hitting the California shores mm-hmm. uh, with a great ability to speak and a lot of knowledge and, and, and wit and intelligence about it. It'd be very easy to look at you and say, you've got this. But the fact that in your head you're like, I don't know if I got this. Mm-mm. You had to, you had to get to this point, mm. and and speaking in front of people is probably not a big problem for you. Yeah, you probably have, you're like me. You probably have a bigger problem going to a party. Absolutely, I think big people. Yeah. But again, something that's so close to your heart that's important to you. Yeah. But the act of communicating it, and then the the doubt, because again, if you're going to speak out on something that. Shouldn't be controversial, the idea of equality for, for women or equality of mm-hmm. women in film shouldn't be controversial, but it unfortunately is going to, it might be. So you've got these kind of doubts. How did you combat those doubts? Was it just jumping out of the plane? Yeah, it's just jumping out and doing it. I was so nervous. I 
constantly suffer from the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. the, the why me, I'm not good enough, what yeah. am I doing Imposter doing this? syndrome. Yeah, where you're waiting for someone to come behind you with the big hook and be like, <laughs> hook you off stage or tap you on the back and say, how did you sneak in here? I'm on to you. I've been Alicia Malone, you. how do you think you know about film? You're yeah. out of here. Police. Get out of here. What do you know? Right. So I, I constantly battle with that, still do. And with the fact that I grew up really shy sure. uh, to the point where if someone would look at me, I'd go bright red. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, like, yeah, I'm definitely more comfortable talking to thousands than talking to one yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> I get anxiety when I go to parties and cancelled plans are my favourite things ever because yes. that means I can stay at home and watch movies by myself and I love it. Um, but, yeah, I have to just really... I think when I started on television, I had to really fake it till I make it, like yeah. put on a confident air sure. until it became natural. Now, actually, what I'm trying to work on is being even more, being more myself, being more authentic because okay. now I can switch so easily into presenter uh, mode. that mode. Where I smile and, mm-hmm. hi, everyone, it's Alicia Malone. But I want to be able to show more of myself, particularly when I'm doing interviews. You know, you yeah. want to connect with someone, you want to show your vulnerability and have that resonate that resonate with someone. Um, so I'm figuring that out. But as far as the TEDx talk, there was that whole big self-doubt, yeah. <laughs> emotional roller coaster, but kind of the thing of like, well, I'm locked in now and I got to do it and I'm never going to let someone else down and I'm right. in the program, so I got to do it and I got the deadline, so I just got to do it. Got to do it. And then put on the smile and walk out and just own it for a second and then walk out and be like, oh, how did I do? I have no idea. Did I do okay? <laughs> Who was watching? Oh, then never look at those YouTube comments. Yeah, never look at those. Never look at those. Was the second one easier? Second one was harder because Why? I was like, uh, what What do I have to say that's different from the first? So, Oh, so you can't just do the same speech? No. It's different. It's not like stand-up comedy where you get your set. And you know, yeah, exactly. It's, I wish it was. And you know, it's like, you know me, yeah. I take on too much. Um, sure. And so I, I, I submitted myself for a second TEDx talk. Mm-hmm. It, it was someone that I met during the first TEDx talk and they ran a bigger event in Oregon. And so yeah. they said, you should apply for a TEDx talk. And, and I thought, yeah, I'll do it. And I applied and I got in and then I realized that I would be writing this book and doing a TED talk simultaneously to the point where the TEDx talk was happening in the deadline of my book. Yeah. So I got to a point where I freaked out. My poor speaker coach really had to talk me off the ledge for that one. Yeah. I was like, I can't do this. I took on too much. I don't know what I'm doing. I have nothing interesting to say. I've got nothing different to say. What am I going to do? Like, I have nothing here. And they had to really talk me off the ledge and be like, no, no, you're fine. You'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um but it was not figured out till two days before I went on stage. Ah, you got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't have this. And it, all the feedback I got from my mm-hmm. TEDx talks, I mean, I was like, I don't mind brutal feedback. I'm used to it. But sure. it was like, nah, this, has, this is not interesting. This is oh, nothing really? to say. There's no takeaway for the audience. We've heard this lots of times. She, I mean, she could do this if she wants, but it's not going to resonate. Oh, 
So I had to really buckle down and figure it out. And then last minute it all came together. All came together. And then the onstage thing, I, I mean, I remembered it. Um, it seemed to go well, but same thing of like, <laughs> what am I doing? What are you doing? But what are you, you are doing, you're doing good things. Have you ever, what are some of the things that have happened? Have you had any contact with the audience that, that makes you feel like you, you all worth it? And I'm not talking about the glory and the, the spotlight on you. That's yeah. nothing. That's no. nothing. That's not why you're doing it for. What have you, have you felt has it impacted you in that way? Yeah, the first TEDx talk I did, it was a small audience. So mm-hmm. when you looked out from the stage, it didn't look that impressive. But I knew that this video lasts on YouTube forever. Right. But in the audience was a young girl and um, and her father. And she came up to me afterwards and was really excited to meet me. Had never heard of me before this TED talk. Mm-hmm. And um, her father said that she started crying during mm. it and, and looked over to him and said, she's speaking for me, Dad. How old was she? She's fighting for me. Oh, she was like seven or eight. Oh, so that's great. Yeah, and I thought that's that's what's that's what I'm doing it yeah. for. Like that's it makes it all worthwhile. Oh, that's and great. same with the tweets that I get from people who right. say, you know, thank you for speaking out or you're an inspiration because you speak out. I mean, that makes it all worthwhile and and also when I have the moments of like who am I to talk about this or should I be talking about this? Mm-hmm. I just think of the larger issues and what I'm trying to do, which is trying to use my little platform that I've been Mm -hmm. very lucky to get for something that's worthwhile and I feel like I can be that voice for young girls out there who love movies and they'd love to see themselves represented more often. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, yeah, who are you? It's like, who are you not to? Who are you not to? This is is part of what you're uh, you're here for. Yeah, and that also makes me, that's something that keeps me going is to think, well, I mean, I wouldn't be happy with just having... A platform and not mm. using it for mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Something good. Yeah. Some kind and of something uh, that I really believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Which is something that runs deep and always has and, and it's not it's not like you're you found some marketing niche. You know no, what I mean? No. Like this this is something that's been of you, as is this book, which probably came out of your soul. Uh, uh, but that's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to write a book, try to write a novel. Uh-huh. There's a manuscript somewhere that's horrible. I have I have a other failed writing ideas. I know how hard this is, and I know other authors. And 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 you're you're a writer. You've done a lot of writing, mm-hmm. um, but authoring a book is an entire different world. So yeah. you decide to go in. Is this on your bucket list as well? Yes, from on my how, all-time bucket list all-time from bucket when list. I was really young. Just a book or a, a book, a, any kind of book, any kind of book. Okay. Um, any kind of book, I thought definitely would be a film book. Yeah, I used to sure. read so many film books when I was young. And I always said quietly to myself, I never shared it because I was I was shy about writing or saying I wanted to be an author. Right. But I always said to myself, it would be so exciting to see my name on the front cover of a book. And that yeah. was always a goal for me. Yeah. Um, again, didn't think I was good enough, but I've always, always <laughs> oh, theme. I've always been a writer. I've always written things. I've always I've been published in film sure. magazines, yeah. and I've done lots of writing courses. But uh, I didn't know whether I could actually do it. And, and, well, okay, you joke it's a theme. I mean, not joke. I get it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's I get where you're coming from. It's a theme. You're not good enough. But but what you're also very good at is just close your eyes and just jump. <laughs> this, this fake it till you make it idea is, is I think how a lot of life is learned. Um, and for you, this this 
I don't know. Help me explain it, but it's like you went through a bit of a career shift, and and not that you, I mean I don't want to speak for you, but it's like you, you you had a lot of fun doing what you're doing, being a pundit in a lot of places. But you wanted to you you yourself say Alicia Malone doesn't say no to a lot of things. Alicia Malone's going to work. You're going to try to. I know you as you know. I would call you screen junkies. Hey, can you come in tomorrow to this? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll yeah. find out. <laughs> I'll have to run over and figure. I'll move this. I'll get a helicopter to fly I'll, over somehow, here. Somehow I'll do it. Yeah, and um, work is work, and as much as is fun to talk about some of these things, work can wear down. And you felt you were spread too thin, and you wanted to take this was now is the time to focus on you and your goals. Exactly. Yeah, I had that thought of I am almost killing myself with work. I was getting sick a lot. I wasn't mm-hmm. sleeping very well. Um, I was getting so anxious. I felt like I was always letting people down because I was always double booked for things and right. underprepared. And, and yeah, it is such a fun job. So it's hard to say no to things. Underprepared. But- um, I'm going to stop you for, <laughs> for a myself, second to for say myself. for yourself. But I know I always have notes and I'm always yeah, as, Yes, as, as, <laughs> as, as a producer of a show that would be like, hi, welcome. Can you host all of this today? Yeah. Uh, you've never let anyone down, especially me as a producer, or as a co-host or a co-worker oh, or a friend. So uh, I get, but I get that's part of your charm, but I'm sure something you worked there too. But, but yeah, so, so again, this was, this was, it was, it was me time. It was Alicia Malone time, Mm -hmm. which for you and for a lot of people, it's hard. Yeah, it was, it's really hard for me to say no. I'm Mm -hmm. a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I always want to do the best for people and uh, being a freelancer, you know, Mm -hmm. moving to LA and not having much money and having no job. It, I've, I hustled so hard to get where I was that I felt like I, I couldn't say no or I shouldn't say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had to really take a step back and, and look at myself and my life where I had no time for friends and I was yeah. just work, work, work the whole time. And also I started to feel like I was taking someone else's spot. So I started to feel like, you know, all the shows that I worked on, of course, mm-hmm. the big, the big, Big view, the views, mm-hmm. the big money makers, whatever it is, uh, the comic books, the superhero yeah. films, and Star Wars, yeah, and Game of Thrones and stuff yeah. that I, I'm just naturally not into, and I never right. have been. And so I feel like I was taking someone else's spot by saying yes to all these jobs right. and I should vacate and give it to the next person that's coming up and it would be a great training ground for them and yeah. someone who, who does know a lot about that and someone who is passionate about that. I mean, the amount of research I had to do half the time to <laughs> make my way through some of those, you know. Like, what's a Star War? Yeah, because, of course, you, I would be honest and say this is not my forte and then you would get crucified in the comments for that. Oh, and also yeah. you get crucified if you didn't you didn't know everything, so it was a hard position to be in yeah. and it was stressful. So I just had to take a step back and be like, this might freak me out by saying this, but I'm just going to say no to everything I don't want to do mm-hmm. and really focus on the areas specifically in film that I love mm-hmm. and, again, that I feel like I can be the most use for and that is supporting independent filmmakers by talking about indie films, talking about film festivals uh, classic movies right. and women in film. Right. So I thought those are the three areas I'm going to focus on. I'm going to say no to everything else and really clear the slate. Yeah, amazing that when I did that, everything shifted and everything came true. Well, the, <laughs> like made room for yeah, that's that's a good opportunity. The transition I wanted to get to because it seems like some weird. 
hippy dippy kind of the secret type thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Put a thing on your wall and focus on it. <laughs> but it happens. There's something about it. There's some particles in the air because uh, you know I know you and I had some conversations about it, and and next thing you know it's happening, and it's mm-hmm. not dumb luck. I mean, opportunity comes and you got to jump at it. But yeah, it was really impressive. And uh, I had a lot of respect for you. I knew where you were coming from, but it was just like, wow, this is happening and she's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was in that spot where I was like, well, I'm involved in these really popular brands. I'm doing everything I want to do. It's not quite, not quite making me happy and fulfilled. So I have to just say no and trust that something's going to come that's better for me. And I think, you know, I I do believe in writing goals and I do believe in like visualizing things, but of course you have to work at it. You can't just be like, I want a million dollars and then not do anything about it. But uh, I really started to focus on it. And so that meant, you know, using my own YouTube channel to talk about these movies, Mm -hmm. which I always believe that work begets work. So if you focus on the things that you love doing, even if you're only your mum's watching, it actually helps to take you on that path and on that goal. So I was making, you know, YouTube videos about indie films and that's when Fandango said, well, why don't you create, you know, what would you like to do? Would you like to create a show about independent films? Because we see you talking about indie films on your YouTube. I was like, yes. So I got that. I got Indie Movie Guide, which I created and I host, edit, produce and (laughs) shoot it all in my own apartment every week and I love it because I get to talk about these films that no one else Uh, talks about. Working from home. (laughs) Yeah, and working from home. So good. And then um, and then I was, you know, I had on my list of goals from when I first moved over to the US that I really wanted to work for TCM, for Turner Classic Movies. Right. And when we're at After Buzz Studios, yeah. podcast studios, and I was doing profiles with Scott Mance, you know, Kevin there mm. would have uh, meetings with hosts one-on-one where they would talk about what you wanted to do in the future and even though for a while there I thought, well, I mean, I've already got all this work and I'm as kind of established as a host, I thought I'll, I'll still go along yeah. to this little seminar one-on-one and, and talk to him. And, Can't hurt. And he was like, so what, what do you want to do in, in the future? And I said, I want to work with Turner Classic Movies. And he said, oh, I know the head of talent at Turner oh, wow. Classic Movies if you want me to put you in touch. And I was like, that'd be great. And then as soon as I walked out, I was like, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> and, it, you know, a little bit of like, I'm not good enough, but also a genuine thought of like, oh, not, not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But then a couple of years, you know, once I cleared the decks, I thought, you know what? I'm going to email him. Yeah. And just do a new show reel that shows all my classic movie stuff and, and send it on. Who knows? Right. At that time, Turn Classic Movies was starting to partner with Criterion Collection to create Filmstruck, their streaming app. Right. Little did I know they were looking for hosts. Right. So they actually, Darcy, who was head of talent at the time, she reached out to me. She said, well, this is great, actually, because I'm going to be in L.A. for the film festival. Do you want to meet up and have coffee? So we did, and we talked about, naturally, the films I love, which is a lot of foreign films, a lot of art house and indie films. And then the next thing I knew, she said, do you want to come to Atlanta to to do an audition with Turner Classic Movies? And I got to Atlanta and I still didn't really know what it was for. Right. Uh, but I saw on the makeup 
the door of the makeup room, the the note that said TCM, the logo, and then my name, Alicia Malone, printed on the door. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, nothing else happens. I've made it. So I said yeah. to them, I was like, sorry, I just have to take a picture take of a this. Picture. Like a big, big dork. Yeah. I was really nervous during the audition. And then I didn't hear anything for a couple of months. They asked me to help out with some Q&As at the Turner Classic Movies Film Festival. Mm. Did that. Then they took me out to lunch and said, we'd like to offer you a job as a host on Filmstruck. And I was like, wow, this is perfect. It's about foreign indie cult art house classic yeah. films that I love. It's with Turner Classic Movies. It's with Criterion Collection. Yeah. It's a dream come true. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this, I'm focused on indies, focused. foreign films, classics. I, I love this. You zeroed in. You focused it. You yeah, earned it. I made it. You earned it, little <laughs> Alicia Malone. You earned it. And, uh, yeah, I remember this process of, of hearing you were going for it. It was just like this thing of oh, just like yeah. – it just seemed, you know, from the outside looking in, it's a perfect match. But to go through all that stuff, and again, to put yourself out there, yes. fake it till you make it, nervous of these auditions. I get it, but... Exactly, and, and just emailing, you know, in the first place. And putting and yourself like, out there. Hey, again. I'd love to work with you guys. Yeah. yeah. There's a theme here. That's the theme. The yeah, theme is, is not, I'm not good enough. The theme is like, putting yourself thinking out I'm there. not good enough, but doing it anyway. Doing Facing it anyway. the fear and doing it anyway. Like, say, writing this book. Yes. So... How do you even start? Do you mind if I hold this book? For yeah, no, I yes. got my copy on the way, and you guys can order yours on Amazon. Uh, Feel free. Um, but how did this specific book come out? I know uh, you have a list of, uh, hey, I'm going to write a write a book. Mm-hmm. You got it on a bucket list somewhere. But yep. this particular book, how does it happen? Well, yeah, so I was on the list to write a book alongside, um, you know, work with Turner Classic Movies and be on the red carpet at the Oscars, which are tick, tick. And then, so I was actually just chatting with Chris Stuckman, who had a book out, and I just said to him, you know, that's always been one of my dreams. I haven't really told many people, but I'd love to one day write a book. Right. And I had been thinking, I'd been toying around with some ideas for a book that I was just going to start on my own. Um, you know what it's like. You start and stop. It's hard, man. Writers need deadlines and, and people that demand Really hard. Things. And, you know, um, Maud was kind of keeping me a little bit accountable with that. Um, Maud Garrett. Maud Garrett. I, I talked to her about some ideas and particularly one was about women in Hollywood. Right. And so I was talking to Chris Stuckman and I said, oh, how did you go about getting a book? And I just wanted to sort of pick his brain a little bit. But again, I thought, like, not yet. This will happen down the track. Right. I thought one day it'll happen, but down the track. When I'm a better writer, when I'm a better this, better that, you know, not, you know what it's like. Not yet is a dangerous set of words, isn't <laughs> I know. it? And so he wrote back to me and said, well, my publishers are often looking for new talent if you want me to put you in touch. So again, right. one of those moments of, like, don't think I'm good enough. But I'm going to do it anyway. And right. I said, okay. So he put me in touch with the publishers. They looked at my stuff and they said, would you be interested in writing a book about women in Hollywood? Right. And I said, yes, you know, because and I'd been toying with that idea. And actually, in a funny little bit of coincidence, I was just taking uh, one of the many writing courses that I did was about book proposals and how to yeah. propose a book. So the, the idea that I was working on was this okay. as like a book proposal. Leash, I'm gonna. St- I'm, I'm looking through this right now yeah. here, and this this is a book. I know. This is a, looks like a book. Not that, it? I, and I, I want to make sure I'm clear. I'm never doubted that this wouldn't be a book. It's not a pop up book. But this isn't like <laughs> here's a picture and two paragraphs on no. on you know Rita Hayworth. It's dense. This is this is this should be studied in film schools. Wow. 
It's I'm yeah, just it's looking surreal. It, when I first got when I got that copy, I was like, I just yeah, because it, yeah. it lived as a word document for so oh, long. Oh right, right. To actually, that see it's it like, like this. it's actually a book. But yeah, it is quite in depth. So yeah, so they said, oh, you know, what would be some of your ideas? And funnily enough, I was staying one class ahead with my book proposal class. Right. So everything they asked for, I was like, oh, we did that last week. I yeah. know how to do that. I know how to write a short synopsis and a long synopsis, and then how to you know write some sample chapters and to pitch this, pitch that. So I put it all together and a couple of ideas and this was the one that they particularly went for. Sure. And then it happened really fast where it was back mm. and forth with the contract and then it was like, okay, you got a book deal and it's due in four months, which I ended up pushing to five months. And I was like, oh, that's forever. That's yeah, yeah, so yeah. long. I'll start um, next week. Really hard. And with my idea, I bit off more than I could chew in terms of wanting to cover everything right. in the amount of time I had to write and research at the same time. Well, yeah, just I'm flipping through it here. Again, I, I would I didn't doubt this for a second. I want to make that clear. Yeah. But I am looking. At, this is like this. It's wall-to-wall th- text. I, it's, it's scaring me. Like the, co- the concept of writing a book, of like mine would have some pictures <laughs> and like an arrow pointing to a picture and then it would say, me like this picture. <laughs> and you've, you, th- I'm telling you, this is, I, I, have, I have my copy on the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, This needs to be in some kind of school. People need to study this. Yeah, well, so the idea for this was the fact that I read so many film books when I was young and I didn't learn that much about the women involved. Right, right. It's all about the men involved who did amazing things. D.W. Griffith, Cecil B. DeMille. I mean, amazing stuff. And and some of my favourite directors are obviously men and favourite actors too. But I wanted to learn more myself about these these actors and these mm-hmm. directors and these uh, people behind the scenes that I'd never heard of. And surprising given how much I thought I knew about film, right. when I started to delve into it, I was like, I've never heard of these ladies. And if right. I've never heard about them, then other people haven't either. Yeah. And this is not fully in-depth. It's meant to be sort of a guidebook where it gives you the basics about that person and then hopefully you can go and find out more. But it's just these stories that I thought were so amazing that I wanted to share with everyone. But yes, it was very tough having to research and write at the same time because usually with a book you have Mm -hmm. it more figured out before you get the deal. Right. Very grateful that I got the deal based on my work previously. It just kind of happened. It just kind of happened and then I had to lock myself away. Yes, yeah, what you did. I remember we would try to catch up and be like, yeah, I can't. No. At least through (laughs) March I have to write. I have to write. And writing – most writers, you know, it, it's it's homework for life, as the saying goes. It's not. It's it's. Uh, you know, I'm a Douglas Adams fan, and he loved Deadlines. The sound of, of, of whizzing yeah, that they made when they went past his, yeah. his ears, you know. And it's like, um, so I, I I sympathized, but at the same time was in awe that uh, you. And now I, I'm really in awe of this. But uh, expl- now the title I know comes from the Ann Richards quote, but it's a mm-hmm. perfect title for this because again, mm-hmm. it's what you're saying. It's it's. It's uh, you know, it's it's not taking anything away from Fred Astaire, but it's highlighting Ginger Rogers. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I I so tell me about the quote for those that. who don't know. I've always loved the quote about Ginger Rogers, which said she did everything that Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in heels. Mm-hmm. And I always just that struck me that backwards and in heels, yeah. and I remembered it. And it was actually the first title that I thought of when I started to write the book. Straight away, I was like, backwards and in heels. And then everyone was like, that's so great. I love that title. And for me, it is the perfect metaphor for women in film that they've done amazing things that's alongside the men, but Mm -hmm. they've just had slightly more obstacles to jump through rather than the guys by their side. And... um, 
and I also just paint such a great picture. It does. And in heels. It does. So I started to write it and research and it was hard because it's like you can't see the forest for the trees. Right. Surrounded by books. I bought so many research books. I was reading, you know, six books at a time, trying to keep up. I'd go to the library, wouldn't leave the house for days, that kind of thing, and just really engross myself in it. And... I was writing it and the deadlines were happening at the same time. So the deadlines were chronological. It was like, Mm. by this stage, you have to deliver the introduction. And then chapter one is here. Chapter two is here. Chapter three Mm. is here. And it was changing as I went in terms of the structure of it. But I got to the end of the first draft before I realized a much better way to write it. So then I rewrote the entire thing in no. half the time. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that? What's the trick? Well, cause Share your magic. I was writing it, like I said, very chronologically. So it was just going to be from the very start to the very end right. and each chapter was going to be on the decade but as I wrote it it was so dry it was like a list of facts right, <laughs> it was right, just like right, right. then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and there. yeah and it was hard because I didn't you know I felt like I was truly just writing it by myself and and I was getting great feedback from the publishers where I was like oh know if this is so good like honestly oh okay I, I, don't, I think there's a better way to write this so I actually end up uh, working with my writing teacher okay. from one of my courses who always gave great notes where she you know wouldn't tell you exactly what to do but she would just say have you thought of this so I sent her a couple of chapters and I said what do you think and she said you know the most interesting part of the stories and I was yeah. like yeah you're right that is yeah. the most interesting part and that's what we love we love Absolutely. stories we love to hear about stories so then I picked out where I'd just sort of gone into the stories briefly. I picked it out and then I enlarged it. So then I wrote it and researched more and, yeah. What, what are some of your favorite stories in there that you can uh, tell? What were some of the favorite stories that are emerging? Well, I loved hearing about this woman called Helen Holmes who was a serial star. And these serials mm-hmm. used to play before the feature films and they were short little movies or episodes before television and they would always have a cliffhanger and they're always very action-based and this was in the silent era. And she was one of the many uh, heroines of the serial world and they all have such great titles for their series. Like hers was called The Hazards of Helen (laughs) and her character was Helen and her name was actually Helen and then there was like The Perils of Pauline and it was like always such great alliteration in the titles. But she did all her stunts herself or most of them. Um, She wrote all the scenarios as well because she complained that the men wouldn't write (laughs) dangerous enough stunts because mm-hmm. they didn't think she could do it. Oh, they didn't. Oh, well, and at yeah. one point she said in a magazine, you know, if a guy can't do it himself, he's not going to write it for me. So I just have to write it myself. Beautiful. And she would do these really dangerous stunts like riding on a horse and jumping from a moving horse into a moving train. Yeah, yeah. Her character was this railroad um was telegram technician who also fought crime on the side and she would like stop robbers and she'd have all these great adventures and did it all herself and directed alongside her husband and it was just such a cool thing and she was really determined to show that women could do it just as well as the guys if not better at times in her opinion this is before women had the right to vote yeah. So that was fascinating to me. And that statistic that I came across, which is in a couple of film books about how at the silent era there were more women working at the top of Hollywood than there mm. are today. 
that's what fascinated me and yeah. really sent me down this path. And those stories are the most interesting. Why do we think that? Why? Do, why? This is before the money came in, oh before the Great my. Depression, and it became like an actual financial business and they brought in male executives to oversee it. And at that mm. time, of course, women weren't seen as being business-minded or able to handle large amounts of money. The banks had to finance movies mm. once the Great Depression kicked in and banks didn't want to lend money to female directors. So then slowly it all slowly went out. Slowly got worked up. Yeah, but people like Helen Holmes I love. Um, I also love reading more about women that I already know about, like Marilyn Monroe and Rita Hayworth. And some of their stories are actually quite sad. Mm. Dorothy Dandridge. Right. Um, Anna Mae Wong, who was the first Asian-American star. And it it's sad and it's also feels very timely because the same things are happening today. Right. Yeah, with stereotypes that they have to fight against uh, based on their race, based on their gender and lack of opportunity. I mean, Anna Mae Wong, at that time, their production code was in enforced and that said that there was a ban against interracial relationships mm-hmm. on screen. Or if you did have an interracial relationship, then they had to be punished. So usually the woman was punished, you know, on screen by killing off a character. And what year was that? This was in the 1920s, okay. 1930s. Um, yeah, so then... I mean, not that far. Not that far. <laughs> not, not that, that far, far, by the way. I We're know. not talking Romans. Exactly, you know? exactly. Then you get into the 50s the 60s and the 70s, and the 70s was when you started to see mm-hmm. finally the emergence of female filmmakers. Right. When finally they could start to get in there, but it's still a struggle. And then yeah. another story I loved was in the 1980s, there were six women, six female directors who decided to take on the um, Directors Guild of America and uh, and the studios directly. Actually, they worked with the Directors Guild. They took on the studios directly to talk about gender discrimination with mm. film filmmakers. So they were the first ones to do any kind of research into how many directors okay. and women were working in Hollywood. And they discovered that there was gender discrimination. So they took the studios to court and they were very brave. They put their careers on the line to do this. Unfortunately, they lost that case because they were working with the Directors Guild and the studio said, well, the Directors Guild are as much as fault as us. So mm. then the case were thrown out. But they set the precedent for now, so, the fight so, that's happening So in today. other words, they said, yeah, there's a problem, but we're not to blame. Yeah. We're not the only ones to blame. So exactly. it's not so, a problem. So yeah, and that was the 80s. Let's look the other way. That yeah. was the 1980s. Yeah. Wow. So, so you put it all in there. You put it all together. And now it is out. It is out, and what is Alicia Malone feeling right now? <laughs> if, if you're feeling a certain way when you go uh, nail a TED Talk, mm-hmm. how are you feeling right now? Very nervous. Nervous? Yes. It, it is. I mean, you do pour your heart and soul in it. Yeah. And even though I approached it with a reporter mind, so I've kept myself largely out of it. I'm just reporting it's not, mainly it, It's facts. not Alicia Malone's story with film. Yeah. 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 Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. But it's still a yeah. personal thing and it's sure. still something oh, yeah. that I worked on, you know, intensively. It was engrossing. It was part of my life. And that was a weird thing where you work on something so intensely and then you send it off. And then that's it. And then that's it. You can't work on it anymore. The fates are... Yeah. Uh, And I've been rereading it. And of course, it's like, oh, that chapter's a bit clunky. (laughs) Done that better. But I am overall... The main feeling, uh, yes, I have a bit of nerves of just having something so personal out there in the world. Right. Something that I've done all myself. But 
the overwhelming feeling is that I'm proud. Yeah. You know, it's something that I always wanted to do that I never was sure that I could do yeah. and I did it. And that to me is no matter what happens with this, whether anyone reads it or not, it's uh, successful because of that. And, and being accepting of that kind of personal pride because mm. that word pride can be misconstrued as a bad thing and this thing and, and also just for people of our ilk to mm-hmm. look back and look in the mirror and go, good job, kid. Yeah, I'm working on it. It's hard. I'm working on it. Yeah. I know when I saw this copy and I saw my name, I was like, that's it. That's what, That's exactly what yeah. you always wish for. And I actually, you know, I've got one of those things at home where you put the letters in. It's like a cinema mm-hmm. marquee, like yeah. a mini marquee. And so what I wrote to myself last night, then I saw it this morning and giggled. It just says, this week, it just says, you wrote a book. <laughs> Just to remind myself. Yeah. Write a book. Damn straight. I mean, it's, again, I'm so proud of you too. Uh, a lot of people are. A lot of people are. Oh, to you. watch you do this, uh, you know, I met you in the in the film pundit world, but I, yeah. uh, to, to, to watch you get off the train, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you like the train or not, I can tell you. Sometimes I love the train, and sometimes I hate the train. And I, and again, I, I'm, that's me. Not that you hated things, but to know that hey, this 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 isn't the train I want to be on anymore. Yeah, I might want to come on for a little short ride, but yeah. um, that is hard. And that is uh, so to watch you to do it from uh, to do it from afar because you're locked away writing this book. <laughs> um, it, 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 I'm proud of you, but I think it's a big important thing for you to put that on your own little marquee. You wrote a book, and to yeah, believe it, I think so. that's that's hard. So, what's the next book? Yeah, the next book. I know it's one of those things. I mean, I've never had a child, so I can't exactly equate it to childbirth. Right. But for, from what my friends tell me, <laughs> you've had that, 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 you know, straight afterwards, they're like, oh, never again. That was so hard. Right. Like so much pain. Why would you right. put yourself through that? And then you start going, well, maybe. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So at first I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I, that took everything out of me. I don't know if I could do it again. That's right. so hard. And then, of course, ideas started creeping in. Right. So I don't know what it'll be just yet, um, but I, I do want to work on my writing and, and continue to grow with that and then see what happens afterwards. A fiction book? Well, I could see you writing some classic, yeah, maybe. tinged kind of romance, suspense yeah. thriller, something <laughs> exactly fun like I that. Going. I know. I would love to. Yeah. And I also love writing little stories. So I love the personal essay mm-hmm. thing of the world. I know we both love David Sedaris. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously a genius on another level from yeah. everyone. But I do like little stories from life and maybe little stories from working in, in this career. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, a fiction book about a plucky young Australian who moves to America. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. On Falls board. Love, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, well, yeah, that could be the story. Up, you know? Have you given Jake a copy of this yet? I will. You know yeah? what? I'm going to. You need to. I'm going to. I uh, hopefully will get to talk to him at the Toronto Film okay. Festival, which is coming up in September. Uh, he, he'll be there with his movie Stronger. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to do it. Do it. I'm not going to like put my number in it. And no, think, no, no, no. I'm Come just going to like, I'm just going to write, dear future husband, <laughs> love your future wife. And I'm just going to give it to well, him. Well, I be mean, like, look. Hey. Look, you've hugged him. You've promos, proposed marriage. Giving him a book is is yeah. far less risky. I kind of want him to just be like, see, I'm, yeah. I'm cool, right? And this, I'm an author. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you know, like 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 Ken Burns needs to option this for a documentary series. That's what I think needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's so many great stories that would make it's it a make a little interesting doco series. I can see a ten sure. ten part series or something like that. I can for see that. Sure. 
Alicia Malone, uh, it is great to have you back and emerge from your writing solitude. Thank you. With this. I'm uh, so excited. I have my copy. It's, it's on the way. I actually ordered it live uh-huh. live on air on the Schmoes. Uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, I know a lot of people are in your corner. A lot of people know that this is an important stuff, stuff close to your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're going to find, as you, as you already have in some pieces, that the, that the world at large... The film world at large will will we'll react to this book in a positive way, and yeah. hopefully, the the not just little seven year old girls reading it, but the seven year old boys reading it. Oh, absolutely! Everyone, yes, and, everyone. And to be clear, everyone should take a gander at this book, and and uh, like you said yourself, where we were in 1920 isn't necessarily far off. Where we are <laughs> in 2020 as exactly. it approaches, uh, and it's going to be an Alicia Malone week here in the Knapsack Files. We're going to do a special episode of the Li- uh, Life Ranked uh, later this week. The book is available on Amazon. Any other spots that we can? Amazon, get? Barnes and Noble, IndieBound, yeah. Books. Million. There's a lot of spots. Wherever good books are sold. Wherever good books so, are sold. Is that what the phrase is? That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Backwards and it heals by Alicia Malone. <laughs> Wherever good books are sold. Uh, I hope you all out there, I know a lot of you, if you haven't ordered already, I'm sure a lot of Knapsack Files listeners, because you're Schmoes fans, you're Screen Junkies fans, you're, you're AMC fans from back in the day, you're, you're, you're fans of Alicia Malone. Support her. Oh. Uh, not just so that she can uh, reach spotlight and glory, but that these type of stories can be told and that uh, someone else will get a chance to tell their story, just like Alicia got the chance to tell uh, a lot of stories in this book. So uh, I'll say follow you on Twitter, but I know you're not as active on it as you shouldn't be. We all should back off a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit crazy out there in the world at the moment. Yeah, we can all get caught up in the whirlwind. Yeah, about... Things and it's it can be tough. So yes, yeah. I I'm on there um, just to post things, but yeah. I'm not as active or as involved as I used to be. Yeah, I mean you can you can follow her at least one just like you can follow me at Ken Knapsack. Use the hashtag the Knapsack Files to join this conversation. More with Alicia later this week on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. You can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. One of these days I'll get around to Google Play. I it it takes like, extra buttons and I'm just too lazy. <laughs> I can't do it. But we are. Are on Patreon, you can support the page on Patreon, and uh, we're going to do uh, some uh, bonus stuff for the Patreon fans who asked you some questions. Oh, we're going to awesome. do that shortly. So, uh, for Alicia Malone, for this great book, Backwards and in Heels, I'm Ken Apsock. We'll see you next time.